Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we get into this episode of Friday, I want to remind you that my 2019 mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Now, I've not started my pre-qualification phone calls yet, but remember, this is on a first-come, first-served basis for at least getting your applications in line. I go through them all. I look for the best fit, and then I set up a phone call to see if it's a great fit between you, me, and our existing group. So, if you are at all interested, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind. So the mastermind is the fastest way I know of to 10x your business, up-level your tribe, and get a clear path to grow your business and your relationship to the next level. It's like a significant shortcut for you. So Look at it this way. What if by this time next year, your profits 10X and you spent less time working and had more time with your family and your friends doing the things that light you up? And what if you did it with the highest level entrepreneurs on the planet? And what if you learned all of this while you were experiencing some of the most amazing adventures places, and cities in the world. Stop the what ifs and choose, make a decision to make this happen. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and fill out the application. In the mastermind, I'll put you into a group of high level achievers where everyone is at your level or higher, and you'll be in three different masterminds throughout the year going to three different locations and being a part of what I call an experiential learning environment. I learn best by doing cool things with cool people and not in the back of a Holiday Inn conference room. So I redesigned the entire mastermind concept and made it fully immersive experiences. I made the long conference room tables disappear, you know, the one with the mints and the water, it's all gone. So who's it for? Any upper six-figure earner that is at $300,000 or above, or those that have just barely squeaked over their first million and are looking to learn how to get past the multiple seven-figure range year after year. So even if you're just curious, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and click apply. Do not let this negative self-chatter get in the way. We all have it, by the way. Power through it. Power through it. You can do it. All right, let's get on with the episode. Well, Kimberly freaking Murgatroyd, how are you? Is that my new middle name? Yeah, why not? Why not? How are you today, my love? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. What are we going to talk about today? 
Today, we are talking about making your obstacles your opportunities. You know, there is a book that addresses this subject probably better than anything. I thought you were going to say probably better than you're about to. <laughs> no, 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 no. Probably better than anything I've heard on it. And it's a guy, it's written by a guy named Ryan Holiday and it's called The Obstacle. Holiday. Yeah, you remember that? Can you name the, who sung that? Celebrate. Who sung it? Um, <clears throat> Madonna. Um, oh yeah, look at you. That, huh? How about that? How about that? Yeah, Ryan Holiday wrote a book and it's called The Obstacle is the Way. And when I first heard about it, I was like, I don't really like obstacles <laughs> because they really seem like they're in my way. <laughs> they don't really seem like it is the way. But after reading this book, I really, really learned about it. So I'm actually excited to talk about it. So so kind of let, let's, let's, I'm gonna have you start it. So tell me where we're gonna go first. All right, so just what you just said, where you don't like obstacles, you don't like problems. This is how we've been conditioned as kids, like you you get in trouble at school, you come home, what happens? You get in more trouble, right? Your parents don't celebrate the fact that you just got a D and you have growth to do. Did you get in trouble at school? Probably never, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, my parents got called uh, to school on me. I remember one time, oh God, this was a bad one. I don't, did you have this growing up where you had these, I don't even remember what they were called, but it was around the 4th of July. These little like white things. And if you throw them- Like they're snap-its or something. Yeah. What snappers, snap-its. Snappers, you know, something like that. You throw them and they, and they make a little bang. Yeah. And I threw them at the, uh, at the teacher. How old were you? <sighs> Fourth grade. I threw, <laughs> threw it at the teacher. Did and you like shove a bunch in your pocket? It came in a box. And no, I, I know. I'm saying like to go to school. Well, Did you just bring the box to school? Let me tell you how Donnie Brasco, I grew up. My father <laughs> sold fireworks out of the back of his, his car as a kid, right? <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. Did they fall off a truck? And so I think I probably stole it from him. Who stole it from? Who stole it from God knows from who. From where it fell off yeah. the truck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I took him to school and I remember just lying about it and saying like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. But then like the fat kid who sat in the back row, like completely ratted me out. And um, I got into a lot of trouble, but I became friends with that teacher to this day. Didn't you throw a pencil at a teacher once? No. That wasn't you? Wrong husband. <laughs> All right. So, you know, look, I, that was a complete sidebar that had absolutely nothing to do with this, but I hope you enjoyed it. So our conditioning, right? We have been conditioned that when we have problems in life, that they are to be dreaded, that we complain about them, that our stress increases, that we have massive anxiety and it leads to self-doubt. And you know, these struggles that we face, I think force us to grow and to succeed. I don't, I, I think the obstacle is the way. And I think our conditioning of you have a problem and you can't, you know, let's just all come sit around the table and complain about it or bitch about it or isn't that the same thing? Complain, bitch, well, whatever. Let's let's look at it this way, right? We'll use health as an example. If we get sick, we're we are conditioned to use your word here. We are conditioned to seek out a way to get out of the pain and not go through it. So instead of saying, what's causing this stomach distress, what's causing this headache? We say, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, let's go take this so we can get out of the pain. But if we embraced 
why we're having the pain and we leaned into the obstacle, we leaned into the pain, then we would ultimately find a solution for what it is as opposed to having a reoccurring stomach problem. It's very counterintuitive. And, you know, I would I would suggest, and I think we really do try to do this in our house when there is a problem, like let's say with Sophia and she's not wanting to do, you know, her work at school or whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of people can see that as a problem and force it and you have to and all of these things. But I think if you use it as a moment that to learn why they, that your child or whatever doesn't want to do X, Y, Z, and you kind of reverse engineer teaching them how it is important and as opposed to just getting them in trouble, I really think that they will see these obstacles and they won't have these the same conditioning. I know my favorite thing when we went to date with Destiny was um, every time someone stood up and said, I'm confused, Tony would get, would yell, she's confused, everybody. And the whole room would erupt in cheers because he conditioned, he literally wired it re- me. It was a reverse conditioning. Yeah, he still he, does that. He conditioned me in that moment and everyone in that auditorium to welcome confusion, to welcome the problem, to take those problems and use them as a chance to grow. And look, this is way easier in theory than it is in practice, but... Oh yeah, all bets are off. When when (laughs) when it's you. (laughs) The moment I have my first obstacle, I'm gonna be crying like a little girl in the fetal position. No, but but we work through it. And you know, there's what you said about the obstacle of the way when I was doing a little bit of research for this uh, podcast, there's the Marcus Aurelius quote, uh, quote, right? Which is stoic and that's what the book is about. Yeah, so the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And I, I, to me, that is the most genius thing because if you just look at your problem, whatever problem you have in life right now, maybe it's a relationship and you're just not feeling it. Or maybe it's a business problem. <laughs> trying to tell me something? <laughs> no. <laughs> Rob, while I have you here- While I have you, I figured I'm we'd not, do this I'm on just, a public forum. I'm like, I'm not feeling it. I dig the podcast, but this whole marriage thing, I, yeah, it's for the birds. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. So I just think whatever you have, whatever problem you're facing right now, you have to be able to welcome that obstacle. And then in a minute, we're going to talk about some questions you can ask yourself and some ways you can kind of change your mindset on it. But first, I wanted to talk about some of our problems (laughs) and give you some uh, examples. So, you know, we have this medical office, and I'm sure if you've listened to this before, we, you know, Rob is by trade a chiropractor and we have a medical clinic and we have been trying to sell this thing for years. And every single deal that we have, we will be like, oh my God, it's here. We've even signed paperwork and it falls through. And the next one falls through and the next one falls through. And it, I remember looking at Robin going, okay, so we've had like 982,000 deals fall through on this. There is a reason we can't keep, like Rob is a, a bulldozer. He will bulldoze through anything to get what he wants. And sometimes that creates blind blindness in your peripheral vision, right? Like you don't, you can't see, you get your horse blinders on to the goal, which is good, except maybe the path you're on is really a detour and you should be going down that side road. Yeah. Because it's, it's so easy to just say, what the hell's wrong with me? I mean, you know, like I got this clinic. It's a it's a good clinic. It makes money. Like, why can I sell this thing? But 
in, instead of just getting in that place, sort of looking at the obstacle and going, okay, well, this is here for a reason. So if this is here for a reason, what can I learn from this? How can I lean into this? And how can I turn lemons into lemonade here? Yeah. So if you think of the obstacle, like in this case, the clinic as this giant boulder in your path, okay? Because that's what it felt like to us. This giant boulder in the path and the path led to California, okay? Mm-hmm. And Rob, with all of his might, was trying to move this a gazillion pound boulder out of the way and force it. And it just wasn't going to happen. But there were multiple roads that we could have gone down. And finally, I remember having a conversation and saying, what is another way we can achieve the freedom that we're looking for? And maybe, just maybe, this obstacle, this not being able to sell the clinic is the blessing in disguise. It's the silver lining and it's gonna still allow us to have an income source while we exit and go around the boulder instead of trying to force our and bully our way through. So we strategized, we came up with a plan And that plan has given him the freedom to do things like this podcast, the upcoming mastermind, and still have an income. And so sometimes when you stop trying to plow through it and get to that goal, because you think that's the only way, there are other ways around it. You have to be open to it and welcome that obstacle and say, okay, let's brainstorm this and and get around it. Yeah, but do you you think about like when when you think about, you know, you get these... Yeah, I, I, the way I, I look at them is they're like stop signs. You know, you get these stop signs. You're like, I got this goal I want to do. Another example is, you know, I want to, years ago it was, I want to open 10 offices in 10 years, right? I, now I don't want one. But, <laughs> but, but at that time it was, you know, 10 offices in 10 years. And I couldn't hit my ass with both hands in doing that as well. And it's like, you got these, you got these stop signs that just, they keep coming up and you're like, what the heck? Like, why do these stop signs keep? So I wonder, you know, I, I I don't know that there's an exact answer to this. It's probably a little bit of both, but sometimes I feel like there's either, you know, A, there's another road that I should be looking down. B, this isn't for me. Or C, lean into it and figure it out if it's A or B. Yeah, well, leaning into it is where you can develop that strategy. You know, you're going to lean into something. So and it, the definition of insanity, right, is doing the same thing over and over but, and over. By the way, I have a friend, I I have a friend that takes, he takes exception to that because he's so literal. And he says, if you look, in fact, <laughs> if you look in the dictionary, it is not the definition of insanity. All right, so outside of that friend who can open his box just a little bit more. (laughs) Um, The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. So if we kept trying to sell the clinic over and over and over and over again, and we're expecting a different result, that wasn't working for us, obviously, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, another thing that a lot of people deal with is financial pressure and financial stress. And maybe you're, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you know that, you know, there's no paycheck. There's no consistent paycheck in being an entrepreneur. You're the first one there. You're the last one to leave. If you're in a physical business, you have bills to pay, you have staff to pay, or maybe you're not in a physical space, but you still have overhead of some sort and your income may not meet your production every single month uh, or what your expenses every single month. So, you know, a lot of people, I remember me included back in the day, credit card would get shut off. And I would look at it and go, oh, damn it, not again. Like, what is going on? 
But now I look at stuff like that and I'm like, God, that was such a beautiful moment because when the credit card company went, you're done, you're being irresponsible, it put that fire in my belly to never be in that position again and to learn how to manage my money better and to learn how to save more and spend less and spend more responsibly and you know once you once you go through certain things like that where like i mean put your hand up if your lights ever got shut off i know in college our lights got shut off all the time so you know when you go through things like that you can either complain about it, borrow money from a friend, bitch, say life sucks, or you can fuel that, take that obstacle, use it as fuel and say, thank you so much for shutting the lights off. I'm going to work my ass off to turn those suckers back on. You know what's interesting about this? As you're telling this story, I'm thinking, has there ever been a time in my life where I look back on an obstacle a few years later and was still pissed that I had the obstacle or was I grateful that the obstacle was there because now I can see why it was there. In almost every single case, if we go back to the 10 offices in 10 years example, I I would be so disgusted right now if I had 10 offices trying to figure out what the hell to do with 10. I can't sell one to do what I want to do. Let me figure out how to try and sell 10. So it was... Now, now, this is no. Now not that didn't that didn't work because you're not interested in that. That right. was not where you were. You were interested in the payout. You weren't interested in having ten offices. Yeah, but that's my point. My point is that the obstacle that was there was put there because of what you just said. That's why it was there. So because you had another path. You, if you had ten offices in ten years, you wouldn't be doing podcasting right now. You probably would have had three heart attacks and have a big belly and a dad bod. You know, like you wouldn't, you would have so much stress and anxiety in your life. Maybe you'd have, you know, six cents more, but the reality is you wouldn't have the fulfillment that you have, you know? I love that. Now, how are we going to help these people? So here is how personally, and Rob, I know you'll chime in, how I really do my best to take an obstacle and turn it into an opportunity. And the first thing I do is I acknowledge that this problem, this obstacle is happening for me not to me. And I think once you say, okay, so this is actually happening for me, not to me, it takes you out of victim like role. And then it also gives you, you have to ask the question, well, why is it happening for me? (laughs) Like you can't say that without asking that question. Well, you know, this comes down to, this is such a great point because this comes down to you adopting a belief that everything in life happens for you as a general principle. And you, I, I don't think you get to pick and choose. If you're going to choose that belief, I don't think you get to pick and choose which one. If you believe that there's a higher force, a higher power, a universal intel, whatever it is for you, that is that really has your best interest at heart, and that things are happening for you, then you have to train yourself when you come up against these obstacles, I think is to say, you know what, this sucks right now, but there is a reason that this is happening for me. Get out of the victim mode. This is not happening to me. You know, I'm not a martyr. Somebody's not coming down trying to, you know, make some example of me out of life. They're really trying to help me. So I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, and I love what you just said too, because whether it's God, Allah, the universe, spirit, whatever, you can't think that, that divine whatever being, that thing that's bigger than us all, you can't thank that for just the good things in your life. 
and then not thank that for the bad things in your life too. So it works both ways, right? Now on the reverse side, you have to ask yourself, where's your part in this, right? Yeah, and this is something that I learned in um, Jocko Willink's book. What's it called? I know, this is well, so his, bad. His new one is called The Dichotomy of Leadership. But I think all you have to do is say Jocko and everybody yeah. knows what you mean. Well, the other one. Oh, we'll have to yeah, Google okay. it. Okay, sorry guys, wasn't prepared for that in my I brain. F- I forgot. Um, okay, so that Jocko book is so good because what it taught me is when you're a leader, whether you're leading yourself, your family, a team, a company, whatever it is. Extreme ownership. Thank you, extreme ownership. You, you need to find out what are you, what is your part in this? And not only what is your part in this, but take ownership of everything. And I think when you do that, it again, avoids that victim mentality that plagues so many people and allows you to look and say, okay, so this happened. Let's use the the credit card because that's the easiest one, right? Okay, my credit card got shut off. Well, what's my part in this? Well, shit, I spent too much and I didn't work enough. I mean, that's pretty simple. And so once you accept your fault and once you accept responsibility for whatever it is, you it gives you the momentum and the energy to now correct the problem and to learn the lesson that you so desperately need to learn. And if you're smart, you will learn the lesson the first time. Otherwise, the next little you get what do they say? You get a tap on the shoulder and then a, a frying pan. And then a nudge and then a frying pan. I always get a frying pan. I, I never hear the nudges. I have yes, no idea. I do. I'm better. Maybe I'm better you, now. You hear them. You just, whether you choose to act on them, but you hear them. That Those red flags, you know, that and Lori Harder, we're at her event the other day. Um, if you don't follow Lori Harder, please do because she's incredible. And she wrote a book, uh, The Tribe Called Bliss. And she was in Atlanta doing her book tour. And she said, you have to trust your intuition. And you know, some people will say, I don't really hear it. I don't really think it. And she said, you know, you know that time where you said, I knew if I did this, the moment, anytime you've ever gone, I knew this would happen. I knew that was going to happen. That's called your intuition, kids. And guess what? You need to start to learn to listen to it when it's a nudge and not a frying pan. That's a good one. Yeah, I thought that was really good. So, I mean, and that's something, you know, that I actually had on our list to talk about is the intuition because you do get those nudges of where you should be going. What is that path that you should be going down? I mean, I am getting a whole shit ton of nudges right now for different things. I don't even where to put them in these buckets. These are things that are not in my current path and I'm worried they're going to distract me out of my path, but maybe they're actually going to lead me down that path better, you know? So you got to learn to listen to those nudges. And Rob, can you talk on um, the other thing about making the obstacle and the opportunity is what would it look like if this were easy? Yeah, so um, I learned this from uh, from Tim Ferriss. This is just a massive reframe. So- and that, kids, is when he doesn't shut his phone off. Hold on. Hey, Nick. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm literally in the middle of recording a podcast. Five minutes, and I'll call you right back. Nick okay. Harder, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're keeping that in. So this is what no, we, we're not. Keeping yes, that. we no, are. We are not editor, keeping that. Editor, keep it in. No, do not keep that in. Yes, listen to me. I'm the boss. <laughs> All right. So if this were easy. Okay, so uh, so Tim Ferriss said, giant reframe, in the morning when you're journaling, ask yourself three questions around 
challenges, problems, obstacles that you have. What would this look like if it were easy? So let's say, you know, in the case of, we'll use the credit card, right? Having your credit card shut off. What would it look like if it were easy? Well, if it were easy, then I would work and make sure that I put away a little extra money, had one less latte, one less cocktail at the restaurant until I got myself out of it. That, that's what it would look like if it was easy, right? So you pull all the drama out. The next question is, what would this look like if it were fun? If it were fun, we could have movie night in, we could have pizza in, we could, you know, instead of going out- uh, And going spending out, extra and money. Spending, spending extra money. Um, you could and do then, free things that are everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, and you could also, to make it fun, just an idea, is that you could develop something that you're getting nudged for, another product maybe, or a you know have some sort of a fun sale or a fun event if you have a brick and mortar business to drum up some more business. There's tons of things that you could do to make it fun. Yep. And then the last one is, what would it look like if it were elegance? And elegance is a really interesting one. Doesn't I find that it doesn't apply to all circumstances like this one, it might not, but it's a really interesting way of looking at something. So what would it look like if it were elegant, if your credit card got shut off? I don't know. Maybe you, you look at it through the lens of, you know, we don't have a credit card to use right now, but I'm going to go out and buy some pizza, but we're going to do it tonight by candlelight. And we're going to put a little red and white checkered Italian tablecloth, a little Maxwell, and we're going to make it elegant. Now, each one of those questions requires a different part of your brain to answer. And when you're in an obstacle or you're in a problem, what tends to happen is you loop the problem over, over and over again. And you start asking why questions instead of how questions. Why does this always happen to me? Why did it get shut off? Instead of how can I blank? And you know what's really great for that is having some sort of circle of friends, an inner circle, a mastermind. This is why masterminds are so important because if you're if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to go to the next level, you are gonna have a shizzle ton of obstacles because guess what? There's a lot of lessons and a lot of things you need to learn to take your business to the next level. So when you have these obstacles, wouldn't it be great to have a group of 20 other people to bounce these ideas off of, bounce these obstacles off of, see who's been through similar and they probably have a um, a shortcut. And this is another thing that I got from Lori's book tour when she came was... She said that Chris Harder, follow him too, uh, for the love of money. He has a podcast uh, and on socials at Chris Harder. How do you like that for random? Oh my God, that is like a, comer- that is <laughs> like like a, a commercial. commercial. Um, but she said, Chris is so good. People always look and they go, Chris, how are, how are you getting so much success so quickly? And guess what he did? The way he did it was he asked. He asked people for help. When he hit an obstacle, he asked people for help. They gave him, they cut years off of his growth because they had already been through it. And so they could provide a path that was gonna be faster, simpler. Is simpler a word? Simpler, yeah. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Well, it is now if it wasn't. Yep. It's gonna be a more um, quick route to the end result. And I think that is something that really is amazing for things like masterminds and you know inner circles and and all that jazz. 
All right, so for me, the overall lesson here is to make sure that you don't run from the obstacle, you listen to your intuition, and you lean into the obstacle and realize that sometimes the obstacle is the freaking way. Have a great week, everybody. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 